Hey folks, this is Dr. Rob, and welcome to Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction, a podcast brought to you by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs and hosted by me and my sidekick, Tammy. Say hi, Tammy. Hi, Dr. Rob. Thank you. Our show provides useful answers to your most asked questions about cheating, betrayal, and addiction. Let's get started. So the first question is, my wife was emotionally abused by her mother as a child and sexually abused by a family friend from the ages of 9 to 12. And it started with him paying attention to her and flirting, which she liked because she craved better attention than she received from her mother. But this friendly flirting progressed to touching and sexual contact, which she didn't like, and finally forced rape, which she felt helpless to stop and too ashamed to report. She has abused alcohol for her entire life and has cheated on me five times over 25 years, repeating a similar pattern as her sexual abuse. Harmless, harmless texting that turns into flirting. Harmless. Harmless in quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Then meeting, then sex. My question, I've heard how alcoholics who think they can just have one drink are unable to stop drinking after the first one um, is in their bloodstream. It doesn't even have to be in our bloodstream. It just has to be in our mind because they are now a chemically altered person and their addiction is now in control. Could the same rule apply with a female sex addict with unresolved childhood trauma like my wife? And I don't think it has to be just female. I mean, this is getting really specific, but I I think we're going to talk about it in more general. But this is every client I have, only male, right? Where if a man starts a private conversation with her, the excitement this generates would be like a drug. And now she is helpless to stop the same pattern of texting, flirting, meeting, and sex. I asked because it happened two months after my wife finished treatment with a man she met there. Oh, gosh. We called her rehab buddy. And she started texting him after uh, about recovery topics, then met in person, AA meetings, and last one um, of which lied or led to a conversation in the car that ended in sex in the back seat. I will do whatever I can to find a way to help my wife prevent this pattern. Like AA helps to prevent taking the first drink. Is this possible? And if so, what would you recommend? So that's a lot. And I would like to take out the, I mean, like you said, it's every client. So it isn't just, you know, a female or male. Right. Yes. Um, would you mind? I want to just get a glass of water. I'll just be a second. Okay. Um, and you have some thoughts about this one. I, I do have did, a so. lot of thoughts about this. So um, I want to start with the, as we did air quotes, harmless texting. You know, I, I was, I, I, there's so much here. Um, um, you know, we have a treatment program for men. There's a reason why it's for men only. Um, when Dr. Rob right. was working at previous organizations and they were doing um, uh, treatment for chemicals, you know, substance use disorder, and they were doing it mixed gender, you know, as in the role he was in, he worked to have them separate that. And it changed things dramatically. Um, he has shared, and, and I'm sure he will, He's still within earshot. He uh, shared that the um, yes. the uh, the female clients quit wearing makeup, quit dressing up for the men, you know, all of these things, and were able to really focus on treatment. Having, I mean, going to AA, you get the same gender sponsor. You don't get a, you know, that's called 13th stepping. So there's so much, you know, that is uh, like if the treatment program set them up as a rehab buddy, you know, like I cringe if they chose that, that's part of their collective problems. You know, I would, I don't know what his issues are. doesn't matter. Um, but it isn't, you know, you talk about the, you know, once the alcohol gets in her system, it's got, you know, like it's gotten almost nothing to do with 
the substance getting into your system. All of this behavior is going to the same deep wounding. And so however we, you know, whether it's a behavior or a substance or food or gaming or whatever it is, it's, you know, it's all looking to fill that hole in the soul and numb out and escape and all of those things. And so what I hear, unfortunately, is someone who has not gotten enough tools yet to be able to, you know, have a solid recovery plan, you know, and is setting herself up to, um, with a, a male buddy. I mean, there's plenty, trust me, there's plenty of really solid female in sobriety, um, in, with good sobriety in AA meetings. So, so there are other choices, um, but I don't feel like she's had enough um, help. Now, one more thing before I turn it over to Dr. Rob, um, I, I don't know um, who she's working with for a qualified therapist since she's exited treatment. I don't know what their recovery plan was, but not looking right. at this holistically is problematic. All of these behaviors and whatever else right. she may be doing or using. So when clients come to our treatment program, men only, you know, we're looking holistically across all of the behaviors and ways that they can use to, you know, have compulsive behaviors and numb out because addressing all of those and having a plan for managing the feelings, you know, having the ability to go have it go to our executive brain and not just compulsively act out. But I can, you know, uh, you know, as a person in recovery, when when she first started texting was the first time she gave herself maybe even before that it was when she gave herself permission to have sex in the back seat i mean like when you take that first little baby step into you know into a dangerous area it's a problem you know we talk in our sex addiction 101 work group for men that starts on Saturday, there's a three circle plan and she's already in the middle circle, which is the danger zone. You know, when she's starting to reach out to men that are not you, um, you know, inner circle, obviously, you know, when you're, you're acting out on that is, is, but she doesn't have enough tools. And I don't know that she's got enough support, like with a qualified professional, if she's going to AA meetings, SLAA meetings, getting female sponsors, you know, on, you know, across the board, you know, but, um, so it's not your job to help her prevent this. It's your job to have healthy boundaries for you so that her behavior, you can't fix her. You can be there and take care of you and support her, but you can't fix her. That was a lot, Dr. Rob. What do you got to say? Well, the answer is yes. <laughs> I mean, really, the answer to all of that is yes. Um, first of all, I just want to say that I think this, I assume it's a man, or Articulates because it could be a woman, right? Um, articulates. I think it's a man, this, but yeah. Um, first of all, I just want to say to you, this, this is beautifully articulated. The way you describe the childhood abuse, especially like that, is how sex offending happens. Sex offenders look for the vulnerable child who's not getting a lot of attention, or and of course they want adult attention, so they start to look to that person's pay attention to them, and then they use them. Um, so that kind of seduction is exactly it's called grooming. And that's exactly what happened. So yes, um, I, I, I think what you describe qualifies every man I work with for sex addiction. And I ran a woman's program. I created the first one in the country. And I can tell you that this is every woman's story too, except um, usually the women have more profound sexual abuse. The men don't always have that. But um, everything you describe is exactly what would happen to someone, in my opinion, um, who has this kind of history. But the answer is, 
So I guess I want to say this. I can do great treatment. I do do great treatment. Tammy and I, you know, I think we do our best to support people. Um, we both have a lot of experience. Her in when you're calling um, me for the work that gets done and the staff and her recommendations, all of it. But I have to say, with all our miracle abilities, Tammy and I can make a few miracles happen. The one thing that I cannot create that she cannot create is motivation. This woman has to not want to be in this situation anymore. Um, her consequences have to be bad enough. What do they say? Uh, when the pain of recovery is less than the pain of acting out, then you'll start to stop. So one of the things you didn't talk about, what consequences is she having? You know, what is, how, how are you and her family and her life being affected? And what, how does she experience those consequences? Because you look like a, you read like a spouse who really wants to help, who really wants to do things, you're a very pro-dependent spouse. But what actions do you need to take to take care of yourself? In other words, I hope you're not having sex with her because who knows if she has STDs or not. Um, so there's all of that in terms of what in her environment would motivate her for change. And that is something you might want to see a therapist about, is how to work on that. Or if you call Tammy at, oh, sorry, right, T-A-M-I at Seeking Integrity, we send out a lot of information. We certainly know therapists who work with female sex addicts. Um, we might know a few uh, treatment programs. One of the things that was Tammy was talking about, which is one of the things it's one of the reasons why I really believe in our program or in seeking integrity for residential and we can't treat your wife because we don't treat women. It's that we look at, we can look at both. And I think that's very difficult. If someone goes into a drug and alcohol program, even the best one, if they have this kind of history, they're going to be flirting, they're going to be hitting on, they're going to have someone they're fantasizing about whatever, because they're not talking about it. And no one in a group of alcoholics in a treatment center is going to talk about their sexual behavior because that means they're the pervert. They're the one that everyone's looking at like you're such a slut or whatever. So it really does require an environment that looks at all three, at trauma, at sexual behavior, and at drug treatment. And by the way, I don't know why she was in drug treatment, but it is also very typical for someone with this history, not only to be suppressing, and that's what she's doing, suppressing the feelings about her history and finding a way to escape with sex, but she's also doing with drugs. So it feels like only half the problem has been solved. And one of the things that I think is important for us to teach, which we do teach the guys, is that they can get sober, but where they go for sex, who they hook up for sex, what situation they end up using or how they feel about what they were doing leads to using. So number one, she has to want to conquer this and it can't be your job to motivate her or change things or she has to figure out that that's important. Now, you may not want to sleep with her, may not want her in the house, may not want to stay with her. I don't know. But those kinds of consequences are often the ones that drive people to want to get help. If it were me, I would, and if you have the resources, I would look for a treatment program that covers these issues because she's not sober. By the way, I don't believe that the treatment center wasn't watching out for her and she somehow ended up with this guy. I just don't believe that. Um, I believe that she's lying and she set all this up and wanted to do it in the first place. So, you know, addicts lie if their mouths are moving and she's a, uh, a co-addicted um, to both drugs and sexual behavior and romance. It's about fantasy and intensity. What you describe is a drug, whether I'm gambling or I'm sexing or I'm using porn or I'm um, spending money or gaming, all of those are, are um, intensity-based arousing behaviors that allow us to escape into fantasy. And so 
what I didn't see is Tammy would also said, where are the 12 step programs for sexual recovery? Um, where's SLAA? Where's S, you know, where, where are the programs gender separate that she can go to? And by the way, there are lots of gender separate AA meetings for women. And if I would say, you know, if it were me, I would say to this woman as a therapist, I would say to her, you know what? You don't get to go anymore gender mix meetings. That's not okay. You know, if I was a therapist and I were dealing with her, that's what I would say. If you want to go to meetings and you're really dedicated to that, then you don't need any men around considering your history. And then she has to look at this piece, you know, and, and I, th- she has to be willing. And what I hear in your letter is a lot of willingness on your side to investigate, to be curious. And God knows I know and I believe that you do that out of love. Um, but love is not enough to protect yourself and your family from, because she's creating a nightmare for herself and everyone else. Um, yeah, so um, what I was going to say one more thing. Drugs, gender separate, motivation, meetings. Yeah, I think I got it. Tammy, oh, and she needs more women in her life. Women who can support her. Women who can guide her. Women, she if the phone rings and it's a guy. So I agree with Tammy. She has nothing. You, have, you observed and get a lot of this. I wonder how much she gets and when she understands of this, and that is an illness, that is part of her illness, so she has to deal with both. By the way, if you like, I would suggest if you have the resources that you two do a consultation with me. And I do this a lot with the other end, which is I have a guy who's acting out and his wife is just, what do I do? And then I sit with them and we talk about the problem. It's no different with the two of you. I can sit and have a meaningful conversation with her that will both confront and push her into other steps that you may not feel comfortable with. That's that's kind of my job in consults. I say you might not like me, but I hope you respect me because I'm going to tell you the truth. And it often motivates people for change. So you can certainly get in a consultation. And Tammy knows a lot of resources for female sex addicts. And there are books, by the way, that we can also refer you to. And so podcasts. you're in and podcast. So you're in the right ballpark. You just have to set up a situation that is going to motivate and have her take a look at it. And if she doesn't want to, then you have to look at what what kind of relationship do you want? You know, I've talked to people who say, I don't care what they do. I don't care. I'll just look the other way. I just want to be with them. Great. I've had other people say, no, if this continues, I'm done no matter what. You know, it depends on where you are and what you're willing to put up with. And I do hear a little bit too much of interpretation and curiosity from you. But I wonder where she's at with all of that. So I have two more things. We have a female um, uh, drop-in group, a female sex and love and porn. Females use porn too. Free. Tuesday nights. Yeah, free on our website. And there's a men's betrayed partner group also on Tuesday nights. Free. Um, And then the other thing I, I was thinking is, you know, all of the stuff that she's been through, you know, it is part of her history. It does not have to define her future. There are lots of people who have been abused in all kinds of ways and not everybody becomes an addict. So it isn't, if this happens, then addiction, that was her maladaptive coping mechanism. And, you know, I understand all of that and everything, but, but leaning on that as, oh, that's the reason. And I can't get past it is, is, is basically subjecting the two of well true thank you but it's subjecting the two of you to (laughs) this is always always going to happen you know and i don't use always and nevers very often but um uh, but it doesn't have to be that way she hasn't had enough help yet and she's getting away with too much you know bs like dr rob said if your her lips are moving she's lying oh my my treatment center gave me a recovery buddy who's a male 
By the way, Tammy said something. Um, you just said something that I thought was really important about recovery. Hold on a second. Um, why don't we just move on? Well, I There's said. So many questions. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. As an SA, I told my adult children and their spouses of my addiction. My son-in-law has seemingly cut out of his cut me out of his life. He is a sheriff and very much a Christian guy. Any suggestions on healing that relationship? Um, is the book out, Tammy? Is that book out yet on children? It should be. I will. Um, I will look it up. I. You keep talking. There, I will. There's find a it. gentleman. Um, Dr. Ken Adams, who is a colleague, and I think I've done two podcasts with, he talks about about enmeshment with parents, and um, and he talks about how children are affected when they find out. The other thing he's teaching about is how children are affected by finding this out. And there's a book, and I'm absolutely sure Tammy got, got some kind of flyer today for yeah, children who want to attend. But that may not be where he is at, which is wanting to learn more about this or look at this more. Um, and by the way, I want to say to all of you, this is why we don't tell them. <laughs> this is a perfect example, because now not only is your son-in-law um, cutting you out of his life, but if his mother, your wife, ever says to him, well, I'm thinking about working it out or we're really you hear her son is going to say, why? How could you do that to my mother? He's going to take sides. And so, you know, if it is possible at all, I guess I'm saying this to rest of you, if be very careful, do tell them there's something wrong. We are struggling. You know, dad's gone and gotten some help. We, we, we are not sure about our relationship. It's been many years. We're, but don't tell them about your sex life, because what happens is who wants to hear about their parents' sex life? And I have had kids, I said this last week, say, I don't know if I want to get married now. Because if my dad could do this, then or my mom could do this, or I'm not sure if I want to have children, because I'll always be looking at them for an addiction, you know, so it doesn't just affect them in terms of you, it affects how they look at the world, how they look at relationships, all of that kind of stuff. You know, Tammy, I wonder if you have thoughts about the the, the second part, which is, it doesn't matter whether he's a Christian or a sheriff, I mean, what that tells me is how his worldview, um, but how about healing the relationship? What do you... What thoughts, because I don't know if that's healable in that way, or if hey, this is the person who can do it. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. And, and to me, it's, and you didn't indicate how long you've been on the recovery journey. You didn't indicate how, I mean, if you're just abstinence and, and you haven't really changed, then there's a lot more work to do. Uh, here, if you're working the steps, this is part of the steps that, you know, we take care of us. We do, we do the cleanup, you know, for us. And then as people start to see us being different and, and holding space different, you know, then they can come back in relationship. But unfortunately, you've got no control and you pursuing going, but wait, but wait, but wait, you know, we'll probably just drive it, it wider. So I, I think, unfortunately, the damage is done having told them. So now yeah. it's just absolutely doing your work, your recovery work really do steps four through nine, get, get clean up, you know, um, uh, make amends where you can, but amends are not, I'm sorry. So, so please make sure that you're doing all of the work that you possibly can, you know, to be different then, you know, as, as things change, you know, uh, unfortunately he probably, um, is, um, ill-informed and doesn't understand that addiction is not offender. 
you know, there are some offenders and that, you know, it overlaps, but you know, many people automatically go to, as Dr. Rob used the term pervert or something, and that's not the case. So, you know, it's from a place of brokenness, but, um, but you, you are not going to be the play, person who can convince them. All you can do is learn to live in your integrity. Yeah, I, I, I so appreciate that, Tammy, because at this point, all you can do is be an example. Um, there is nothing, nothing you can do to heal this relationship. It, first of all, it's not your job. It's their job. And I, what could you possibly say? You know, I'm hoping we get along, even though I cheated and ruined your mom's life. Oh, and by the way, I crossed all of your beliefs and values in the process. And that way you're all about protecting people. And I write it. I mean, there's no way you could ever. And what Tammy's talking about in the 12 steps is at some point and not now, you can make an amends for this. It doesn't mean that he will ever forgive you, but you do it for yourself to have a clean soul and to get it out of you and to find uh, another level of your healing. But I do want everybody to hear this because we have 42 people in the room. This person said, as an SA, I told my adult children and their spouses of my addiction. There is nothing, nothing in any of our literature or, or anything that is suggested to us that we must tell our children. I've never heard that anywhere. So I only say that, and I, you know, bless you. I know you did your best. I know that you didn't mean to hurt people or yourself, but I just want everyone to know that there's no requirement as an SA. What the requirement is about is showing up a program, being sober, you know, growing your, growing your healing, doing the steps, but there's nothing requirement on any level. And by the way, if you're talking about your 10th step, which is as an addict, I told, that's not what we do. As an addict, we say, um, I think I've hurt you. And I'm really sorry that I hurt you. And these are the things I did to hurt you. And I know I can't ever take them back, but I just want you to know I'm making a sincere apology. And then you leave it alone. Part of the 12 step process is I don't get to be invested in the outcome. I don't get to be invested in, I apologize, and then you forgive me. All I can do is say my part. And in this particular situation, I wouldn't say anything. I will tell you, Thanksgiving is not going to be fun. And Christmas is not going to be fun either because you will not see these people. And if they have children, you're not going to see them either. Um, and this is also another harm to your spouse, who now she or he has to deal with their children your, who are have all these beliefs about what, you know, they're going to say, you should leave him, you should leave him. And how, anyway, it's a big mess. Don't do it. I'm sorry you did it. Get support. Um, and just know there's not a lot you can do. Don't relapse. This is what you can Major do. Bed. Work, work your steps. Don't relapse. And, um, oh, shoot, there was something you said about, um, it's not just the family at, at holiday time. Um, uh, I don't remember. It's all okay. I'm We're so glad, Tammy. I'm yeah. so glad that I'm, <laughs> for, I'm not the only one who forgets things. You made my day. No, <laughs> there you go. I just did it for you. Um, I'm suffering from premature ejacu ejaculation. I went 60 days without sex last year after my wife's discovery of my behavior. And we, when we became sexually active again, I would climax in minutes, which is unusual for me. This is still happening. Is there a reason for this? Is this common? Now he doesn't give age, um, and I and I don't know if he's been to a medical doctor. So, well, we don't know anything about recovery therapy. You know, none of that. Just to say it. So, um, first of all, sixty days. Sometimes we do ask you to take a time out, and often we do. It's not forever, and there is a purpose to it, and it's not to reset your brain. It is more. There are many, many reasons why we do sometimes encourage that often. Um, 
I don't have an unanswer for you because I'll tell you the first thing I, I'm a sexologist. First thing I do is tell you to go to see a doctor and get checked out, go see a urologist, you know, because you, you just don't know if there's something physical going on. I don't know either, but that's the first step. The other thing is it crosses my mind that if you're acting out a lot, that, you know, if you're looking at porn every day and masturbating, when you decide to have sex with your partner, it takes longer because you've had three orgasms that day or three orgasms that week. And so, you know, literally it takes longer. So it may well be that you had so much sexual acting out that when that ended, you actually have all this excitement rushing up, up at you when you are sexual with your partner in ways that you didn't experience before. Um, there are people who, I want to say there are people who can help you with this, but I'm very cautious because a lot of those people would not support your recovery. Um, so I think seeing the right therapist who does understand how to work with these issues. Um, you have a sexual problem. We call it premature ejaculation. Okay. Lots of people have that problem. By the way, there, there are all kinds of things that people do. They use numbing creams. They, they do all kinds of things, but I would see a doctor first. When I want to play around with that part of me and I'm a sex addict, I think I better get instruction. By the way, talk to your sponsor. I hope you talk to your sponsor about this. I hope you've talked to your wife about this. It's the worst thing in the world if you don't. So anyway, uh, Tammy, do you have other? That's all the thoughts I have. I ran out. Do you have anything else? <laughs> well, no, but I, I always think, uh, yeah, communicating with your spouse, honestly, and just, you know, be, being willing to be vulnerable, because that's the opposite of addiction is being willing to be vulnerable. And, you know, and even saying, I'm afraid, you know, I'm afraid that this is going to happen. And what can we do? Or can I say, you know, take, you know, pause, you know, hit the pause button. Um, I, there's, so I would really communicate with your partner, but I would also really, you know, schedule a medical a doctor evaluation. If you need a name of a therapist, email me, Tammy, T-A-M-I at Seeking Integrity, but tell me how long you've been, because, you know, I heard the 60 days last, um, last year, but like, how long have you been on this journey? You know, uh, so, so I need more information in order to point you to the right therapist and things too. So, okay. Anything and I, else? I want to add that sex is not just about penetration. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and even though you may have a lot more foreplay and then you're even more likely to premature ejaculate, your wife is going to have a lot of enjoyment out of your sex life if you don't just make it about, excuse me, a penetration, but holding and hugging and massaging and, and, you know, and she can have an orgasm, which is, you know, doesn't have to be timed to yours. So there are a lot of things that can go on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction. If our words have led you to seek help, please reach out. You can always find us at www.seekingintegrity.com.